Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC DC Marvel 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 image We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello. Can you believe it? Where are we? We are back. We're back? We're back in the... Where were we? We were in on vacation, I guess. Ah. I would say... Was it fun? I would say it would be a sunny vacation, but we know that's not true. No, January was all rain. Yeah, January all and December time. were just rain. But the holidays were fun. I enjoyed the holidays, but we missed you. We missed you. You missed me? Yes. Well, oh, I didn't miss you because I still see you all the time, but we missed our listeners. We did miss. We missed talking to you. We missed having fun. We missed talking about comics with you guys, and we missed the input that you guys give us. So, um, as always, if you want to talk to us, go to our Facebook group. Um, search the Geek Chat um, in the group section and come and talk to Rich and I. You know, that way, during these times when we have our, our, our breaks, you can talk to us. That's right. You know? So, but yes, we're back. We're back here on MixLR, 6 p.m., uh, on Mondays, and and we're back, and we're we're back with some new stuff as well, right, Rich? That's right. Hey, guess what? You know those point fives we do? Well, they're getting moved, moved to Saturdays now. Uh, we're gonna give Saturday a try, and the TV show season has started, and boy, it's fun. There's a ton of new stuff to talk about. Can't wait to talk with you guys about the new Legends of Tomorrow. Boy, that last episode was a doozy. Uh, we've got Supergirl, we've got Bizarro coming up on Supergirl, we got the Flash and Arrow and who died and who didn't die and we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. And don't forget our What You Talking About Facebook, we're going to be doing that as well. Um, now, starting up, we, we've already recorded it, but we're going to be doing the roundtables again. It was something we tried out last season, and, and it, people liked it. It got a lot of yeah. hits. People have been liking this. So we sat with our close friends Terry and Frank, and we will be bringing that to you on February seventeenth. It's a Wednesday, new comic day, and for us, new roundtable geek chat day as well. Yes, so we're very excited. Uh, again, we still get a lot of uh, hits from our roundtable, so we. We were saw what, what you guys were liking, and so we decided that we wanted to bring that back. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if you join the Facebook group, which we highly encourage you to do, let us know if you want to be on a future roundtable. We're going to try to plan to do these once a month. Um, so yeah, if you have you know something you want to talk about, pitch it to us. You never know what we might we might say yes or no or whatever. You know because we want to encourage people to talk about comics. That's right. We've also got some special episodes lined up. Des and I are going to be talking about the state of Marvel, the state of DC. We're going to talk about some independents like we love and some local guys that are doing some web comics and some print comics for you. Those are all going to be some specials. And we're going to be doing a LGBT talk with uh, two special guests, Jace Peoples and Brian Anderson. So look forward to those. Yes. So, um, and again, all this stuff is going to be posted on our Facebook group. So remember, search the Geek Chat. 
And join Alrighty. the group. And join the group. Um, so a lot of stuff has happened in the past, uh, what, four to five well, weeks since we've been gone. I know. We have a new president now. No. Well, we don't. But oh, we don't not, yet? Not yet. Oh, I wish it would be over. Uh, so do I. So do I. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> uh, but yes, but uh, comics, there have been so much happens. Like we have a new... Oh, I know what you're thinking oh. about. We have a new universe. Oh, we have a new universe. But we, sorry, we have a u- new universe that is sort of like the old universe. But don't call it the six one six. No. What is it called now? If it's not the six one six. Prime, Prime One. I don't know. They they just still don't want you to call it, but people still call it the six one six. I'm still gonna call the six one six. So as am well. I. The Geek Chat. It will always be six one six. Wouldn't it be hilarious if if that's how Reed and Sue and all of them get done. They finish. Like, they, On the 616. No, no, no it, it would be the 600, yeah, 616. 16th. They're like, okay, we're done. You know, Franklin <laughs> gets bored. And he's like, I'm done. I want to go home. And they're like, okay, let's go home, dear. Thank you for, for remaking the multiverse. That's right. Bye. Now, that would be hilarious. It's been fun. <laughs> so, again, we have a whole bunch of comics. And normally what we do, and if this is your first time joining us, is we review comic books. And uh, we like to review number ones because in this day and age, there's always number one comic books. Huh, every week there's a brand new number one, brand new publishing company popping up. So we take it upon ourselves to tell you what you should be reading. Yes, and, and, and to give it a try. You and know. sometimes, trust me, we have to go through this slog stuff. It's, yeah. But we do it for you. We do it for you. So the, so the first number one we're going to talk about is one that a lot of people have been highly, it's highly anticipated, and a lot of people have been talking about it, and, and we're happy to, uh, to review it right now. That's right. So from Valiant Comics comes Faith, number one, written by Jody Hauser. Francis Portella was the artist. Marguerite Savage did the fantasy sequence art. Andrew Dollhouse did the color art. Dave Sharp did the lettering. And Joe Quinones did the recap art. There's a lot of people that went into this. But I'll tell you. It looks amazing. It, yeah, the, the book, book looks, looks really good. The book looks great. Like it is, it is one of the best books I have seen from Valiant in a very long time. Like it is, and they great. got some good artists on their their rosters. They too. really do. They really do. So who's Faith? Um. Well, it's it's funny. I Faith is a character that sprung out of the Harbinger Wars and the Harbinger book. Uh, book exactly. I is a book that I read about psychic teens called S S S. It's a psy name, psy, there's <laughs> something other. But anyway, there there are these people, you know, who have psychic powers, and there was so this mutants, guy. Yeah, they but are not mutants. mutants. But 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 it's all specifically around psychic powers. So, but and all their powers come from their minds. So that's that's the catalyst of their power. Is so she's one. Minds. Yes. Yeah. So so she she's a psychic, um, and her psych her her power is the power of telekinesis or various forms of telekinesis. That's all how right. she flies, and she puts up shields and stuff like that. Um, and so she was during the Harbinger War, and she was kind of this bit player, a secondary character in in Harbinger and the Harbinger Wars. And then uh, once all that dust settled, they decided to give her her her, her own book, miniseries, uh, a miniseries. It is a miniseries, but with the strength of this issue alone, I really think that it's gonna be a series because it was really good. Uh, but the thing that a lot of people are yeah, why are we talking pushed about her it? to the forefront aside yes. from being an actually a good a good comic is the fact that she is not your typical superhero she's a, a, a full-figured uh, she's woman. a full-figured superhero you know and and what I like about it is is it's not the crux or the um 
it's not the, the the carrot that's getting us to read it you know oh she's gonna have wait she's gonna have problems with her weight and it's gonna be all about her weight and her way this way no this is this is a fully developed character who who just happens to be plus size that's it and that's what i love about it it's very refreshing to have her not worry about you know well, she's very comfortable in her skin exactly and it's great when she has the wig oh my god the wig the red the glasses wig. she so faith deep down is a fangirl she's like des you know but blonde Ew. <laughs> she and the writer jody hauser really lets the reader know that Faith is a huge fangirl. She's talking about Wonder Woman. She's talking about Buffy and Angel. She's talking about comic books. Yeah, you know, they don't talking, shy away from it. Uh, she's talking about all kinds of different stuff. I mean, she, I love it. And like, she's a geek, and she's. It's great that she's this kind of, and she 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 she's this Lois Lane kind of character too, because she she wanted to be like a journalist to get to keep her street her. her so I was thinking Clark Kent. Yeah, like well, Clark Clark Kent and Lois Lane, yeah. and, and she wanted to be a reporter that way she can, she can like you know she knows really where the action is yeah, and it's like that's not exactly what she does because it's the real world in in that in that book. So she had to work for like the equivalent of like BuzzFeed doing top ten lists or something and trying to get views. So her she has this really grandiose imagination about oh, yes. her, and that's what I love about this character is 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 her her plus sizeness doesn't define her number one. And number two, she's really like a kick-ass girl. She's very confident. She doesn't have a man. I well, like, she had a man. She she did have a but man. But they broke up. Exactly. But but that's the thing. Like, it, and now it, he's doing a reality show. Her relationship doesn't define her. All these other things. It, it's refreshing. You know, she she came in here, and the only thing that she wants to do in this whole book is to make a difference. Yep. She wants to be a superhero. There's no angst. There's no. I you mean, must have liked that. I did. It was very refreshing. And and we talk about this all the time that we it's very hard for us to get character-driven stories because yeah. it's always the, uh, the bigger two are usually pandering to some event. So it's always trying to push that push that story forward to go somewhere. And it was really fresh to have, you know, this person, you know, have all this, you know, life and and outlook for her within the comic. You know, and and it and of course there's a shady organization. And I was going to bring in. that up, but that was right at the end. No, very first page. I mean, it was first page. It was first page, page page to to let you know what's going on. So yeah. two pages of this, and then directly into her story. Yes. And then the writer ties it all, ties the very first page up. Finally, we know something because Faith is there. Exactly. Now, what's Faith's code name? Uh, Zephyr. Zephyr. Yes, because she flies around and she's very. It's, it's like a, a like a wind nymph or a wind spirit. If I had one complaint, I'd like her costume. It would be. Oh, you didn't like the costume. I like her costume. Why? I don't know. Something about it. Just. Do you think this is white? No, not even no, no. It's just something about her costume. You know, it's just kind. Of, I don't know. It's something about her costume. It, it doesn't. It, just, it just doesn't look. It doesn't look heroic enough. Oh, really? You know, that's what I. You know what it looks like? A nurse's outfit. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like like she's covered from head to toe, which is fine. Which is fine. Totally fine. You know, she has this kind of like it's like a lab coat that's that that's that's um that's um uh buckled or zipped all the way down, and then it kind of splits right up right underneath her, her belly into this sort of like uh jacket thing. So she's wearing literally she's she's wearing like a jacket and pants, and it's fine. But it just it's the thing. It doesn't scream like superhero. A superhero. It doesn't seem like iconic. It doesn't. And I really I really hope that this is a part of 
part of her like transition into this new superhero is that she gets a new costume and to kind of differentiate her from from just the the norm. Yeah, different artists draw the cut like Catwoman's um cleavage. They draw it different too. My complaint was she used her power besides flying. She used her power once to save puppies, and I have never read anything with she her, her in all it. the time. That's how she flies. Hello. I know that's what I said. Besides that, <laughs> but it was like for me clear cut of what she's doing. Like I had no clue about anything. I read this all fresh. Not not one thing. I've seen her in books, but I've never read about her. I just like it, but it's like a journey for her too because even her power uses is she's still getting to learn herself. Yep. You know, and it's like that's what I love about it. You know, it's like she just has no angst about self. Like she's she, she's so confident in who she is that we can really start to 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 develop her as a superhero because she really was um not only in the background in the in the in the Harbinger War or in um, Harbinger itself, but she really was kind of a not a bit player, but she was in the background. And but I like that we get to see her experiment and grow and become this new this new superhero. So and a hell of a last page. That's going to get me to read the next issue. To be honest, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I again, it's three ninety nine. It's from Valiant. Uh, they are you know an underdog publisher. If you're looking for something that's really just a strong, you know, debut from a number one, which gives you a lot of backstory. This this book has a lot of heart. You know, I really, I really hope that you'll give it a try. Yeah, I actually liked it too. So, now the next book we're going to talk about comes from Image Comics. Go figure. It's called Cry Havoc, number one, by Simon Spurrier, Spurrier, and Ryan Kelly did the art. Colors were Nick Filardi. For the London places, Lee Lowridge for the Red Place, and Matt Wilson for his Afghanistan. Letters are Simon Boland, and the design was Emma Price. Now, the reason why there were three colorists is because the book was broken up into the three different locations, and they use color very strongly. And when you read the back, they talk about the different colors and why they used them. So the book, which was great, I'm glad that there was annotations, you know, in the back, mm-hmm. you know, the annotate. Like, I think it's interesting that that a, a writer actually went back through his pages and was giving you annotation. It, it really was like a director's cut, mm-hmm. and I know that they they saved that. I mean, um, Sandman Requiem or the the last Sandman did that where they did the they released it and all, it was all extra content. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that this was actually just part of the regular story because I think that that adds to to the to the mythos that that this writer is trying to create. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I enjoy when they do that. You know, giving you a a peek into their process about about what they're trying to say on the page because sometimes you know, because it's a visual medium, sometimes that can get lost, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you need context because like, I had no idea what the hyenas and all that stuff oh, at yeah. the beginning. And I was just like, okay. And there's, there's lesbians and this is hyena and, and, and all this other stuff. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And, and like the superpowers and there's just werewolves and like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. In, they in do the throw a various lot. parts. Yeah. They throw a lot at you for this first, uh, first issue. I will say. So, like he said, it's about a lesbian werewolf who fights in Afghanistan. Well, we're not sure if it's a werewolf <laughs> yet, so, yeah. Right, because they don't want to call it that. Yeah, they're like, you know, let people be think what they're going to want to think and don't. Because I guess the guy, one of the guys was going to tell him exactly what, what she was attacked by, but, you know. She whatever. was mugged by a werewolf is her call. <laughs> so, in the streets of London, she plays the violin. And, was it the violin? 
Yeah. And um, for some, she was playing for money on the street and she gets attacked. So she feels the blood and ripped apart. But when they find her, they find all she's been is mugged. Her money was stolen. Yeah, no, no scars or anything on her. No. Nope. But as you learn, when she's, she went to work for the government to find out how to rid her of whatever she has. And that's when you see and you meet all these other characters who I guess have powers. At least the main guy, the guy in charge, had glowy eyes. And when you read the back, he's like, I'm not going to tell you nothing about that. And we're like, okay, that's a mystery. Uh, you meet what I, at first I thought it was her sister. It ends up being her girlfriend. Uh, in the beginning of the book, who's a zookeeper, and, and that she's such a bitch. Yes, like she's just she's so like mean to her. Uh huh. Like wow, I was never like she made the sandwich wrong. I mean, just it was all this. But the the gist of the hmm. meeting the girlfriend in the beginning, I think, was to get an idea of where the story's going in terms of animals and how they. Yeah. Because it starts with a hyena, and I did not know that they were a. A female, what do they call it? Not well, the a, pack is led by the female. Yeah. Yeah. And the female has a fake penis. I, I, I don't know if that's true, but that's what they said in the book. And if it's in the book, it should be true, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. I thought it was a really good first issue. I love in different books like Manhattan Projects, the use of color is yes. very important to the story. And once again here, the use of color bridges the different time pe- uh, locations, I should say. And the way she used her power in Afghanistan on the next page was her using her power that we think her powers, we don't know, uh, while she's playing and she's on stage in front of a, a crowded audience. It's the same kind of wave and color. So somehow they're going to they're gonna come yeah, together. Yeah, this, this, this need to be adored and wanting to be um, loved. Yeah. And, you know, and it's... And that's what makes me think that the woman that they're trying to find, their 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 ex sergeant who went rogue, which is very very like apocalypse now kind of kind of parallels. It's very interesting. So yeah. because they're 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 sent to like, they're, she's part of a secret unit that's that's sent to kill their their former commander, Lynn the, Odell. Yeah, but then the, but then they meet the commander, and the commander's all this like badass female. So there's a lot of strong females, a lot of you know uh, mysticism. There's a lot of stuff going on. And again, for me. It worked. I will read the next issue to find out what the hell's happening. And the art actually fit the story really well. This, the look of this reminded me of the old Vertigo books. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like this could have been a Vertigo book if DC and Vertigo took chances on stuff like this, which they're trying to now. I don't want to slam well, DC's Vertigo book. I think DC's Vertigo books are still, they're, they're still fairly safe. Yeah, but this is not safe. This is far from safe. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And that's what I like about it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like super crazy. It wasn't super, um, again, it was just, it's an intriguing story and I'm probably going to get number two because I want to know what's going on because there's something that she was not let, she was led to believe something that is not the truth. And yeah, I want to see. No one's going to tell her it. Like, I want to see what's happening. I want to see what's going on. So the next book we want to talk about is because it came out during our, our winter special, our winter break is a Hellboy, uh, the winter special, which was uh three ninety nine from dark horse comics celebrating 30 years. And it's a, it's a collected edition uh, comic that came out 
and it's basically just a winter special very uh three uh, sorry, four short stories that are set in the BDRP world or the world of Hellboy. And uh, yeah, that's all. basically all it is. There are three standalone stories that, that take place within the wider world. So the first one we have is uh, Broken Vessels, story by Mike Bignola and uh, Scott, Scott Ali, uh, art by Tim Sales, color, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Clem Robbins. Uh, second one is Hellboy and the BDRP. Sorry, BPRD. Sorry, BDRP. Uh, BPRD, 1953. I don't know what you're reading. Anymore. Wandering Souls. Shut up. Uh, story by Mike Mignola and Chris Robinson. Robertson. Art by Michael Walsh. Uh, colors by Dave Stewart. And letters by Clem Robbins. Then we have Mood Swings, which is a story by uh, Chelsea Kane. Art by Michael Avon Oming. And colors by Dave Stewart. And letters by Clem Robbins. And Kung Pao Lobster, which is a uh, story and art and colors by Dan uh, Ran- Rankin with, co- with letters by Clem Robbins. And again, it's just four stories that are that are a collected edition that talk about what's going on in the in the in the world of BDRP. The Broken Vessels is a is a story about um, the gods, the elder gods during the time of I want to say Babylon. Babylonian gods uh, in Hellboy. There's this huge mythos of creation who brought the fire to earth. And, and this guy was telling a story about them. And it's a lot of story storytelling oral tradition that Mike Mill was talking about. Um, and this guy, you know, found the, the skulls of these, of these ancient gods. And then the skulls would talk to him, drove him mad. And they came back and got their, got their skulls and flew away. It was really bizarre. And they died. It was just, a lot of bizarre stuff going on uh, with that one, but it's a really interesting story that, that gives you more about the world. Um, second one is about what, and I enjoyed Wandering Souls a lot because it was about um, history. It was about when the uh, the Chinese Americans uh, built the railroad, and and if you know a little bit about uh, Chinese American history, when they came to America, you know, to, and they worked on the railroad, when they when they would die, uh, the city would or the city or U, the U.S. would send their their bodies back to China. That way, they were able to be buried in China. Well, this is a story about uh, some railroad railroad workers who were not uh, so lucky, and so their their ghosts haunted um, this area until they were able to be set free and sent back to China. So that was a really, really good uh, story. And it, and it, and it talks about another character uh, from, from Hellboy giving a little bit more backstory about her. Second, the third story is a holiday story in which Liz, uh, when she was younger during holidays where uh, angry snowmen get, get possessed by demons and they try to eat them and she melts them all with fire because <laughs> she hates she hates Christmas and then her and Hellboy are running around and they get attacked by a dozen snowman demons and she burns them all and sounds like a Doctor Who episode exactly exactly that's exactly what it sounds like and after that she loves after that she loves uh, uh, Christmas. Christmas and then the last one is Aww. just a throwaway story Kung Pao Lobster is literally a uh, lobster Johnson going to order Chinese takeout and they're out of a uh, Kung Pao chicken and the woman, her, her, her body rips open and she's a demon inside and he ends up ordering something else and that's it. Wow. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. It's, it's, well, that is what the BPRD is. Bizarre. Yes. It's the whole universe of that is bizarre. So is it worth picking up? I would say only if you really enjoy, uh, and you're really involved in the, um, 
and the mo- world of BPRD. And yeah, Hellboy. and what and what Michael Bignola is doing. It's a really great story because it gives you a lot of more. It gives you a little bit more in, uh, information about the history. So I would say pick it up. It's really good. It was really fun. So next on our list is we're not allowed to sing on here because we don't want to pay rights. But did you know that me and my Des are gem girls? We are. We are. I mean, he's more gem. I'm more glitter and gold. Yeah, I'm more gem. I got to tell you, gem returned. uh, Well, I should say Sophie Campbell returned. Sophie Campbell returned. Which made this issue even more just... No disrespect to the the fill-in artists because they were good. It's just Sophie Campbell, her art brings a sort of kinetic life and fashion and just, just... pizzazz to the page <laughs> pizzazz. it's just beautiful like the way they look their styling everything about the book is just is just improved greatly with uh with sophie campbell's art so beautiful. we got gem and the holograms dark gem part one number 11 actually written by kelly thompson art by sophie campbell story by both colors by m victoria rabideau letters by sean lee and the edits are john barber this came with Two, four, six different covers. Five of them were the main girls in their new dark outfits. And the other one was a subscription cover with uh, them on a couch. So this is... (laughs) On a couch. (laughs) On a couch. Okay. So this issue starts off where we're learning... Well, we're not learning anything yet, but let's just say uh, Silica is in town. I guess that's a nice little tease. That's it. That's all I want to talk about. It was amazing. What? <laughs> I'd say a little bit more. Uh, Jerrica and Jem, they've been... Hacked? Darkened. I mean, it's weird. I think that she's been hacked. Oh, yeah. She was hacked. And it had a lot to do with um, Techno Rat. What's his name? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. When he was at the party, he tried to hack into... Uh, and that wired her, that, that uh, screwed her wiring up. Synergy is no longer Synergy. Well, she's Dark Synergy. She's Dark Synergy, which is going to be Silica. Yes. Um, and halfway through the book, they decide to have a pool party, because what else do you do on nice days but have all your friends over and throw a party? So they're at this party, and Jerrica comes out wearing this almost Dazzler-esque, the, 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 the dark Dazzler with the black hair, the short cut, and this ridiculous, it's awesome, ridiculous looking bathing suit. It's a shark that's taking a bite out of her boob. It was really cool. Well, because it's uh, imagine imagine a one piece, but what happens is up on the left hip is it, it's like the side of a shark, and so it kind of hooks around and comes up like a crescent moon and covers the boobs, but it looks like a like fish's teeth. It was just amazing. See, that's what I mean. Sophie Campbell brings so much fashion to this book mm-hmm. with the hair and everything. It's just really, it's it's a really awesome book. And uh, Aja and Shauna are now dating brother and sister. So they're going to go on double dates. Like it's got romance in it, but it's not all like, it, it's still, it's a fun romance. Like the big black guy. Yeah. That was so cool. It's like everyone's, <laughs> everyone's getting all hooked up. Uh, and for the misfits, uh, Pizzazz, 
cannot sing, and if they do not find a replacement, then their contract is canceled, and basically, Jem wins, and you know that's not what they want. But like, I've never seen Pizzazz so like broken. I know, but and that's what's cool about it because in the old cartoon, she was always nasty and angry, and here you see the Christmas special did it really well because Jerrica had to give Pizzazz something, or was it Jem? I don't remember which, but basically, the girls had to give each other presents. And it was it was a side of pizzazz we've never seen, and it continues in this. They have a uh, she got a cat, really cool little Siamese cat, and um, they all talk about who gets it if she dies. Or it was it was funny. And they had to go, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is a really fun. It's fun, and and this and for whatever reason, it seems like this matters. You know, like I want to see what's going on with Jem. It's such an adult comic it's just funny to me um but it's really good so um so yeah so we're gonna take a quick break so just uh, stay tuned and check out a word from us. us thank you again for tuning in and checking out the geek chat we're here live every monday from six to seven on mix lr if you miss an episode or any of our other episodes you can check out um this season and any other season that we've done before on soundcloud search the geek chat we're also on itunes stitcher tumblr and on instagram we are also on youtube but again, always search the Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search the Geek Chat. Yep. So that was us. <laughs> hey, guess what? What we're, we're gonna we're gonna shock. I hope all you listeners are sitting down. We're gonna review two DC number ones and hold on to it. Ready? Des and I actually liked one of them. Well, uh, I actually liked both. Oh. But okay, but one definitely more than other. One definitely more than the other. So we're going to review coming to theaters this year, <laughs> Suicide Squad, Most Wanted. There's two stories in this one book. It's a six issue miniseries, and it features stories of Deadshot and Katana. I really hope it's not six issues of just them. It is, except for. But there's like there's a whole bunch of other people in Suicide Squad. Oh, no. Why is it just them? So they will be showing up. But the two main stories are about those two. Yes, but... Um, I mean, really? Huh. Yes. So let's talk about who wrote the Deadshot one. Brian... Whoa. Okay. Bouchalado, we'll say, did the stories and words. Victor Bogdanovic did the pencils. Richard Friend, inks. Michael Spicer, color. Clem Robbins, letters. Oh, and Carrie Nord, Carrie Nord did the cover. Yes, that's he why. Did, I, that's the reason why I love yeah. it. Is Carrie, I love Carrie Nord's work. And you said Brian Bucciolato's name right. I did. That's, Hallelujah! That's I finally got a freaking name right. Well, I've I've uh, watched interviews of him mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, he's a he's a long term writer for DC. I think he did some stuff with Francis Manpaul for a while. Hmm. I forgot to mention Faith, the book we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Legion, didn't he? Yes. I thought so. Okay. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this Deadshot book? I'm just going to I'm gonna preface well, we, this by... Well, are we going to talk about both of them? We're going to talk about, about them both, or you want to talk about this one first and then the let's second just, one? Yeah, let's do that. Because, I mean, I liked 
I liked the Deadshot book a lot better than I did the Katana book. And I like, liked the Katana one better than I liked the Deadshot one. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I think that the butchering of Deadshot's character in the New 52 is just disgusting. But I enjoyed I, I don't know. It's not that bad. Yeah, it was. Okay. I thought Katana, I thought Katana had, didn't have any like bearing on anything. So let's get this out of the way, too. Katana. Mike W. Barr was the writer. He did the original. He created the character back in the day, The Outsiders. Um Diogenes Neves was the artist who did New Mutants. Carrie Strachan was the colorist. Seda Temofanti was the letter. And Carrie Nord did the cover artist again. So you like the dead shot, not the katana. Correct. Uh, but I know why you like the katana. Why did I like the katana? Because of the uh, cobra was in it. How did you guess? Because you like snakes. <laughs> I do. I, You're not even southern. It's hilarious. I, I'm not. I am in, inside. I'm southern. So... Um, Deadshot gets a mission and gets a rookie, new rookie, basically it's Will Smith, uh, to help him out. It is not Will Smith. It is Will Smith. It's it is based on Will Smith because Deadshot's probably going to die and He's that not new Deadshot's going to take over. He's not going to die. Because we got to have it just like the film. No. I mean, the dude's name is Ethan Will Smith. It was not Will Smith. <laughs> Stop that. I, I don't know. I liked it because this reminds me of that, um, that Deadshot... Mini that came out a long time ago when she was talking about his daughter. Oh, this is nothing like it. No, it, it reminds me of it. It reminds me of it because we're actually getting more into what's going on with Deathstroke's family. And the one thing dead is... Deadshot. Sorry, Deadshot, sorry. <laughs> about Deadshot's family. And I really want to see because like, he, you think that he's going to try to see his dad because his dad's dying, but it's something entirely more sinister. And I right. was just like, awesome. So like, I want to see what's going to happen with that. And and then there's this other black guy who was his rookie. And, and they're kind of like this, it, it's just so much machismo. And I like, I really, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like that scene in Predator when, uh, Carl Weathers comes in and it's in any, and, and him and, um, uh, Arnie lock hands and like flexing muscles. Like it's all about that. It's like everyone is all like juiced up and shit. And and the like the art is great. I don't know. I I just can't believe it. I couldn't see why you didn't like it. Like I, I can't see why you didn't like it. I didn't care for it much. Okay. Well. Well. Sell me on your katana because I really did not like katana at so all. So I liked katana for a couple different reasons. Yes, because it took a great classic character that's not been used and uh, used him Cobra, uh, and they uh, added a. a I used to love the old outsiders when Cobra would show up. I did. Um, and who's this Cobra female? I don't she's new. Yeah, okay, okay. Because I was just like, what's going on with Cobra female? Because I have no idea like, what was going on with her. Because I was like, is she, is she Madame Viper? The DC's Madame Viper? She or might what? be. But I like that they brought Dr. Jace back uh, from the old, you know, old 52. She's here. Um, the fact that Katana took time out of her mission to help the people that are actually in trouble. That's what I liked about it. No? No. 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 I thought it was like, no. It's just like, no. <laughs> we agree to disagree, but I will be reading the number two for this. I'll be reading the number two for the Slade. For, for Slade? He's not even in the book. <laughs> killing me. <laughs> Dead shot. I know, but I want to say Slade. Like, you that, can't say Slade. His name not? is Floyd. <laughs> Floyd Lawton. Floyd Lawton. Love him. Slade. No, Floyd. And I'm sorry, the dude's name is Will Evans. 
That's Will Smith. Come on. It is not Will Smith. Stop it. You're you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. All right. You're killing me. Now, another book that that both of us actually really liked, which which for me, I was kind of like, because secondary, um, what is it, minis about secondary characters can either be really, really good, which is by and large not really what happens, or they can be, you know, really bad, which is basically what happens a lot more than not. And here is a second you know, a, a second tier character and it was really good. And it was poison Ivy's number one. Uh, it was from DC comics. It's a uh, poison Ivy circle of life and death. It is a six issue miniseries. It's two ninety nine. fantastic price point. And it's a solo story about yours. Truly me. you. Yes. I'm poison Ivy. <laughs> so it was written what by poison Oak. It was written by Amy Chu. Pencils was by clay man. Ink was by Seth man. I wonder if they're related. Colors was by Ulysses Orola, and letters was by uh, Janice Cheng. And it's a story about... Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, and she's a, not really so much a... I mean, ever since Gotham City Sirens, they really wanted to make her uh, fetch, and I think it's working finally, you know, for me. Uh, well, I like the fact that she's not crazy. Like, when the New 52 started and she joined the Birds of Prey and she was a plant lady, it, it, they totally took her character and, and drove her too far in the, not the... Really? Yeah. Like, I kind of like... I mean, I, I like this. I like the fact that she is smart. I, I'm loving yes, the fact... She's very smart. She's a smart female who doesn't like humans. She loves her plants and she's doing what she needs to do. And... And she's working with people. Yeah. And you know? Harley was in it. And I like their relationship. Like, I love the three of the women together. But we get Harley in this. And we. Oh, and that, and that horrible new 52 outfit. Uh-huh. Like, I was just. Like, she looked. It was. Because Harley. So, so, so basically what it is is. is um, she gets a job. Yeah. You know, Boys and Ivy gets a job. Through the Wayne Foundation, I guess Wayne is is, is part of her rehabilitation. She's using her 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 biology, her herbatology um, skills in order to find and uh, house old endangered uh, endangered plants. And so she's basically going around the world, or as we see in the book, and she is rehabilitating or, or moving plants to this place where they can you know be taken care of. And she really has a good thing going. She gets to be with plants all day. And I love when the kids come in and she's like, children, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know where Harley pops in, but, but she's, but she's in her, she's uh, Dr. Harley yeah. Quinzon. I was like that, this is a good progression for the character. But it was funny. Like they actually took her back to that and she has her hair up in a bun. She's got her lab coat. She's got her glasses on. And then they go out to the bar and she had time to stop at Hot Topic. I mean, is this, <laughs> is this something that happens? I think you can buy that outfit at Hot Topic too. They might mm-hmm. have your size. Probably. Or yours. I can I see Instead of the pigtails, we can do your beard. We could. We're not going to. One side can no. be. I could say, Gene, get get on that, Gene. No. We need a picture of Rich. Like half his beard will be like red, the other half will be blue. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then a bar fight. Got to have the bar fight. But I love how she uh, displaced everyone. Like she didn't break a sweat at all. I love how Poison Ivy breaks the fight up by making the men kiss. Like that was. With that her, was, with the hormones, yeah, with the plant hormones she made, yeah. pheromone recipe, the, yeah, the love plant, it. The plant pheromones. I'm shocked I liked this book as much as I did. I, me, so was I when you told me about it. I was like, "You want me to read this?" I did really? I liked it. I so Clayman like, mm-hmm. did a run, a very long run, right on X Men Legacy when it was yep. Rogue's book. And I loved it. 
And his art, I always liked his art, but there was always something to it. And he's a very cheesecakey kind of artist. You could see it in here, but it was really he really toned it down. He did tone it down. I was really happy. That was the one part when I knew, or when we saw Clayman was going to be doing the art on Poison Ivy, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be Poison Ivy. Well, like the cover. The cover's all pin-up cheesecake. And it wasn't. She didn't wear that costume at all. Nope. And I, I liked that, too, because this, yeah. Do you like that new costume? No. Really? No. Why? Why, why don't you like about it? Because the new costume, it's like she's wearing leggings, and it's, it's, it's like just, it's all green. It's just odd and black. And, like, yeah, I don't it's all understand. green and black, and black isn't a plant and she's color. Black is a rot color. Yeah, I would think that it needs to be much more because well, she can't wear the um, the V cut swim thing, the French V cut that she used to wear when her like her ass is all hanging out, you know, in her boobs. She's so she's much she's more. She's in need of up. a. She's in need of a much needed makeover. Makeover. And 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 I'm glad that they're using her as as an as an antihero, you know, or, or an anti. Or she's villainous, but she's not because that when they used her in um, Justice League International, and her talking about being a part of the Green and and you that know, I liked too. And she really talks about that. She's like, I'm I'm an avatar of the. She's not the avatar of the Green. That that's Swamp Thing, but but she has a connection, and and that's who she feels a part of. So it, it makes it much more interesting that that's one of the reasons why she's not um she can't get along with like us apes because she feels more akin to plants yeah you know i, I like that and it and it i like that the artist sorry and the uh the writer is is a being allowed to do that which is really this is so weird about about dc you know not to harp on it you know a lot of you know, people always harp on dc but it's just like all these little ancillary books are really much better than the whole the whole then their main, the big three. It's weird. Yeah. It's a which, weird thing. Which is going to be great to tie into. I just want to give a shout out to Secret Six Number 10, which had one of the best Superman stories I've read in a long time. And it's not even, and the bad part is he wasn't even featured on the cover. Before you start, one thing I wanted to say. Yes. This is also another reason why people should actually take a chance on miniseries. Books like this. The limited runs. Because I have never heard of most of these writers or artists when they, um, when they started these books and it's from the strength of these artists and writers that we're going to get new artists and writers. And that I think is, we're going to talk about you know? this in our DC special, but DC really needs to take a chance on some brand new up and coming writers and this is and stop relying on the people who's peaked in the nineties. Exactly. And I'm thinking, and this like the, the, the woman who wrote, you know, um, yeah, is, is another one that was really good. Yeah. You know, I was just like, this this is what I'm talking about. And her voice, Poison Ivy's voice, the inner voice and how she was portrayed was much likable than she's been in a lot of things. And then the JLU, her voice and what she was there, like she was like, why am I here? Why, why You know, you have Swamp Thing. I think these brand new writers are giving a fresh voice. Exactly. To these characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that is another reason why Marvel is snatching up new writers they put them on smaller books to see how they do and then give them the artists especially because we've noticed some of our favorite artists are now getting bigger work. Exactly. Exactly. So now we're just going to shift gears just a little bit and we're going to talk about the big boy. We're going to talk about Marvel, folks. So rich. Let's talk about Marvel. Okay. What do you want to talk about? You start. So, so Uncanny... I knew you, you want to talk about this book. Uncanny X-Men just started back up. <laughs> Two issues are out with number three coming this uh, Wednesday, February and then, 3rd, and it's got depending Joe on when you're listening to favorite it. Favorite artist. Um, I don't know if that's the word to use. 
uh, is a person that renders pictures onto paper um, with a use of a tracing board. Um, there are a lot of familiar faces in this book of, of, of recycled poses and porn <laughs> faces. And, uh, um, and the artist in question is... Okay, so let's get this out of the way. Colin Bunn, who is a great writer, is writing the new Uncanny X-Men. Greg Land is the person who uh, rendered the pictures. Jay Liston is the inker. Nolan Woodard is the color artist. And VCs, we're back to VC, VCs Joe Karamanja did the letters. Um, This is the new direction for Uncanny. For those of you that thought, Oh, extraordinary, that doesn't matter. All new, those are my X-Men. I've been reading Uncanny for 25, 30, 45, 50 years because that's been the flagship title. And then at this book, you might be a little confused <laughs> yeah. because Marvel yeah. launched Extraordinary X-Men is their flagship book. All Uncanny X-Men is, is the name Uncanny slapped on the X-Force banner or the other way around. It's basically X-Force using... What people will buy, it's a brand name that has been around for so many decades that you will buy it no matter what, and it worked. This book did amazing for them. Uh, I'm not saying anything bad about the writer or the artist. I'm just stating a fact that using the name Uncanny was a little shifty on Marvel's. Oh, he's smiling. You should see his grin. It's hilarious. But did you like the book? Um, I want to like the book. I really want to like all the Marvel X books. I'm having a hard time liking what made me love comics. That's honest. Okay. Yeah. All I am is honest. I'm not gonna lie. I, I refuse to lie. No, I know. I know. I'm just. Uh, I like See, it too. Just say it. No, no. I know. I, I liked it overall, but it's just. Why do we have to? I get it. I get it. It's blatant. You don't own mutant movie rights, so let's just slaughter who we can. Let's change what we can to make sure. I mean, they say that's not happening, and everyone says I'm crazy for thinking it. All you got to do is look at the books, look at the products. Their new Marvel game, Marvel's Lego Avengers, has zero X-Men, zero Fantastic Four, and really not a lot of Spider-Man. Well, because it's about it's about the movie, mm-hmm. you know? Uh-huh, the movie-verse. So, 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 so I'm going to go grab the number one. You, you so talk about it. Basically, what the book is about is you have Magneto, Psylocke, Sabretooth, M and Archangel. And it's Archangel, not Angel. So I don't know how Angel reverted back to Archangel, but in this iteration, he has no mind. He's just kind of a vessel that is being controlled uh, telepathically by Psylocke. And what's happening is Magneto is leading this team because Aurora's team over in Extraordinary X-Men basically bugged out. They're, they're living in limbo somewhere and being protected by uh, magics, magic within the realm of limbo. And they're spiriting away mutants there because of the Terrigen mists uh, are, are uh, it's a plague. Sterilizing and yes. killing mutants. It's killing mutants. And so Magneto's team, I guess, didn't get on the boat or wasn't given an invitation or whatever. So Magneto is, is like raging a holy war, I guess, to try to save mutants and so in the last first two issues they were trying to save all the healers and there is this uh anti-mutant or i don't know if they're i don't know if they're if they're inhumans or not but they, they have powers and they're called the dark riders uh you obviously were not the dark riders were apocalypses way back in the day when it was tyler 
uh, yeah, Cable's son, who was masking, yeah, and totally missed that. So the thing is, half totally these people have, are dead. That's what I'm questioning. Oh, they were well, all slaughtered go. and killed. So now they're back. Um, like Wolverine took them out too. It was it was when remember when Magneto pulled out the adamantium out of Wolverine? Oh my God, uh, it was that time final, period that these guys final extinctions. Attra- fatal, fatal, fatal attractions, yeah, something like that. Fatal extinction, or I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, but that's I remember that's these guys. These guys have been around for. Oh, that's those guys. Oh shit! All yeah, right. they've been around for a while. Well, they're back, and they're back. I don't know how they're back, and they're killing all the the, the healers that they can find, and they killed a uh, an, an old healer, like a healer that's been around for quite a while, which so, I was very sad to see. They they killed him, and I was like, wow, all right. They did a great arc with him when he was in uh, the new X Men, and then. He was in a couple issues of Wolverine, and do we just want to spoil who it was? So, Elixir, R.I.P. He had the power to heal and, at the same time, destroy. Yeah. And he would, like he would turn, bl- he was a gold. He has gold. His body was gold when he used his powers, and then he would turn like blackish when when he would use his his the the destruction port of his power and he was using his powers he was like one, uh, an an omega level healer and he's dead so it is interesting so like i want to see what Cullen Bunn's in game with this is so, so I, that's one of the reasons why i wasn't like and i like the banter between Sabretooth and M you mean the flirting okay yes yes they're probably going to do it at some point so i'm just going to say that if I take out my personal feelings, it, there was a story. I, I'm enjoying the story for what it is. Your personal feelings, I like my, that. Yes. Um, because, you know what, this is what they're presenting. So I have to go on what Marvel is presenting right now. And I, I love, I've always loved Magneto. So the fact that he's back doing what he needs to do for his people, and uh, that just hurts. My favorite, favorite, favorite mutant of all time is in it. And now Mystique has a boob window for some reason. I don't know why Land felt it was to give her a boob window, but she does. Um, she's back kicking ass, and I cannot wait to see how oh. she connects with the team and if she's on I their had, side. I had no idea she had a boob window. I didn't even notice that. I did. I was. You know what I was looking at? All I was looking at where her skull, her skull looks on her forehead, and I was mm-hmm. just like, eh. yeah, I had no idea she had a boob window. I didn't even notice it. Huh? That's so funny that you would say that. But I enjoyed it. Um, I'm gonna. I would like to see what Magneto is going to do. Yeah, I'm in it for the story about Magneto and M because it really does have some characters I do like, and I'm curious what Be- um, Betsy's connection to Warren is because right now it seems like they turn him on and send him at people. Yeah. So he's like their their special. He's just a weapon. Yeah. So I'm always. I'm, I'm wondering too, like what's going on with Warren. Where is the other angel? What happened in the gap between that? So I am, you know, I mean, I'm interested. I'm going to buy the next one. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm an X-Men fan for life. So, Me too. So I'll buy it and I'll stick by it. But it's just, And you know, know what? Coming up, of course, we know the Age of Apocalypse movie's coming. And Marvel is doing a mini event where, because there's an apocalypse on all three teams, we get an apocalypse storyline. I'm saying, all I'm saying is, it's all about Deadpool. It's all about the Deadpool. Yeah, which X, we're gonna go see. X gonna give it to you. It's gonna be awesome. That's your that movie's gonna be awesome, y'all. It's gonna be all awesome. All right, so we got one book left. Yes, we do. Well, we have a we have one book left, and it's gonna be interesting to talk about because because we're gonna think, we're, we're gonna talk about the title, you know, because it's just the the title itself 
it's kind of misleading. Yeah. So uh, let's start with on Tuesdays when we get our books, we go home and we read them. And my husband looks at me and he says, why didn't they name this Alpha Flight? And I looked at him and I said, well, Alpha Flight can't sell titles. Captain Marvel can kind of sell titles. So they went with that. But the book really is Alpha Flight starring Captain Marvel. I think it's no, I think it's I think it's Captain Marvel and the Alpha Flight and the Alpha Flights and the Alpha Flights. I mean, because there's more than one <laughs> Alpha Flight. So, so Alpha Flight is now not a team in Canada. It is a space station. Well, they're a team in space. They're a team in space, and the new direction because every time is uh, I almost called her Ms. Marvel. Every time Captain Marvel gets a title, she gets a change in whatever whether it's a brain tumor or status quo yeah so now she is the captain of the space station where what's the green-haired chick that's banging beast what's her name uh brand abigail brand is basically put down a position she was she was she didn't want to take it remember puck puck told her that she didn't want to take it so they gave it to captain marvel so which i thought was very interesting and very telling so it's oh, yeah. Uh, why? Why? Because Abigail Brand doesn't have a movie coming out. Captain Marvel has a movie maybe. coming out. She should have she mumbled, mumbled that under her breath because uh-huh. I don't have the popularity like somebody. I don't have Aww. a movie coming out. So it, so the, the, the title of this story is called Captain Marvel in Rise of the Alpha Flight. Writers are uh, Michelle Fazakas, uh, Tara Butters. Uh, artist is Chris Anka. Colors by Matthew Wilson. Letters by VCs Joe Kamangana. And covers by Chris Anka. So, again, Chris Anka, fantastic um, artist. So, the book is solid. looks great. Um, but it's like, what's the premise for it? And then my thought, well, one of my thoughts is, is this book just a vehicle to push forward Secret or, um, uh, Civil War Two? Because... We know that Captain and Marvel and Tony Stark are kind of the people, the, the people that are having a feud in it, mm-hmm. and then all these rumors about what's going on with uh, Sam Wilson. As Sam Wilson is in this book, and they they, have they're going to do it. They've been doing it, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they've definitely been doing it, uh, because you know he was raised out in Brooklyn. She was raised in Queens, <laughs> and anyway, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, like. Did you like it? I liked Puck. You liked Puck. I liked Puck's characterization. I like him as a character. I liked that they referenced that his dwarfism is painful. Like yes. Like if you're gonna okay, a lot of the books now there's no type of of smaller stories about people anymore. We don't get those personal stories. You got it in this one, and you did get it in this one for a couple different ways. The thing that bugged me is Aurora got like two lines so we don't yeah. know is she crazy because the last time we saw her she was like i have to leave you i can't be near you you know to her brother she's all piloting a ship yeah. and everything and then sasquatch why would you pilot a ship in space in, in your sasquatch, sasquatch form? form like there's some things here that are stupid <laughs> like i i call them out and i just want to say the two writers of this book are the agent carter showrunners so they are the ones that they do the Agent Carter show, TV show, and now they're writing Captain Marvel. So they're getting entrenched more into Marvel, which could be a good thing. I don't know. It, it has a lot of premise uh, because uh, the the whole elevator pitch is it's like Alpha Flight with Captain Marvel defending the Earth. I wonder how Canada feels that, that their heroes are gone now. Who attacks Canada? I mean, come on. Uh, America did in uh, We Stand on Guard, That's which was That's a totally by- different company. <laughs> Um, but overall, I like the book. 
I like the book. I I don't know where it's going. I have no idea what's happening with the book. I don't know if it's gonna last for a long time. Marvel will probably push it because she. I mean, she is she's literally Marvel's Wonder Woman, so they're going to push her as much as possible. Um, Until issue seven or eight and Marvel decides, hey, you know what? Let's change the direction because it's probably going to come at the time when Civil War hits because Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers has never gotten a book where she could be her. Her last series, well, two series ago, was marred by every other event that Marvel did. Her book took a new direction. And I'm really wondering, is that what's going to happen with this one? Is Marvel going to get sick of this? in space stuff or the events of civil war too is that gonna you know make the book lose its direction so for now i'll sit i'll read it it's you know alpha flight captain marvel featuring the alpha flighters i just really hope it's not about time travel because it seems like this first issue is what they're setting it up to be some weird kind of time travel because she finds the ship with her with something with, with her, her in symbol it. in it yeah and i'm like oh lord it's like what's this gonna mean like so are they gonna be like an old version of her or a young version of her or something so like it's my hope that they don't do that yeah you know but you never know again it's number one we haven't seen anything else um one thing that I was kind of concerned about is in what, like, this must have taken place before the events, it had to have, the events that happened in A-Force, you know, because, or did it happen simultaneously? Because even during A-Force, he was kind of still just new there. I don't know. Just meeting people. Someone so. told me, I don't. I think it was on our roundtable, that Marvel time is not the same anymore. All the books are set in different yeah it, it was supposed, within, yeah. it was all supposed to be eight months later but some but are not all different. of them yeah. not all of them are set eight months later some are different and you can, and you can tell glaringly by uh, old man logan yeah which was know? good we'll review that next week See, which, which was which was insane for me because how old man logan the the battle world book ended it was him appearing in new york and that's how it starts and that's how it starts yep and it would have been totally fine for them to be eight months later and then have this eight months be uh explained you know, uh, how did he become or, or how is he getting used to being on this new earth? Because it seems like he remembers what's right. going on. So, so I just want to give Chris Anka a shout out because the art in Captain Marvel was really, really, really good. And I miss the days when artists would actually draw hair on Wolverine. And Chris Anka actually drew the hair on Puck's chest, legs, arms, and back. Like that, that is a dying, you know... Artists don't do that anymore. They don't. Alrighty, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning back in for our number one. Yes, of thank our, you of our fourth season. We hope you enjoyed it. Can you believe that four seasons of us and you guys have stuck around? You know, this is this is one of our largest debuts uh, for ever. ever for for our show. So thank you so much for tuning in and and being here. And yes. Yes, Gene, you do draw hair. Gene you do. draws hair. I know he does. He does draw hair. So thank you so much yes. for doing that, Gene. So remember, the point five is on Saturdays. And so Search you, for the yeah. Chat. You will be getting a point five this Saturday. So please stay tuned, and we love you always. 
And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.